0: Chapter Nine, Part Two of *The Mysteries of Paris*, Volume Two. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. *The Mysteries of Paris* by Eugène Sue. Chapter Nine, Part Two. As Madame Georges settled herself to her writing, Madame Dubreuil quitted the room by a door on one side, while the young friends, in company with the servant who had announced the arrival of the milkwoman from Staines, went out by the opposite side. Where is the poor woman? Inquired Clara there she is mademoiselle in the courtyard near the barns with her children and her little donkey-cart you shall see her dear marie said clara taking the arm of la Goualeuse. poor woman she looked so pale and sad in her deep widow's mourning the last time she came here to arrange with my mother about the place she made my heart ache she wept bitterly as she spoke of her husband then suddenly burst into a fit of rage as she mentioned his murderer really she quite frightened me she looked so desperate and full of fury but after all her resentment was natural poor thing i am sure i pity her some people are very unfortunate are they not marie alas yes they are indeed replied the goualeuse sighing deeply there are some persons who appear born only to trouble and sorrow as you justly observe miss clara this is really very unkind of you marie "'said Clara, colouring with impatience and displeasure. "'This is the second time to-day you have called me Miss Clara. "'What can I have possibly done to offend you? "'For I am sure you must be angry with me, "'or you would not do what you know vexes me so very much. "'How is it possible that you could ever offend me? "'Then why do you say Miss? "'You know very well that both Madame George and my mother "'have scolded you for doing it, and I give you due warning.' If ever you repeat this great offence, I will have you well scolded again. Now then, will you be good or not? Speak. Dear Clara, pray pardon me. Indeed, I was not thinking when I spoke. Not thinking, repeated Clara sorrowfully. What, after eight long days' absence, you cannot give me your attention even for five minutes? Not thinking. That would be bad enough. But that is not it, Marie. And I tell you what. It is my belief you are too proud to own so humble a friend as myself. Fleur de Marie made no answer, but her whole countenance assumed the pallor of death. A woman, dressed as a widow, and in deep mourning, had just caught sight of her, and uttered a cry of rage and horror which seemed to freeze the poor girl's blood. This woman was the person who supplied the goualeuse with her daily milk during the time the latter dwelt with the ogress at the Tepifranc the scene which ensued took place in one of the yards belonging to the farm in the presence of all the labourers both male and female who chanced just then to be returning to the house to take their midday meal beneath the shed stood a small cart drawn by a donkey and containing the few household possessions of the widow a boy of about twelve years of age aided by two younger children was beginning to unload the vehicle the milkwoman herself was a woman of about forty years of age her countenance coarse masculine and expressive of great resolution she was as we before stated attired in the deepest mourning and her eyelids looked red and inflamed with recent weeping her first impulse at the sight of the goualeuse had been terror but quickly did that feeling change into grief and rage while the most violent anger contracted her features rapidly darting towards the unhappy girl she seized her by the arm and presenting her to the gaze of the farm servants she exclaimed here is a creature who is acquainted with the assassin of my poor husband i have seen her more than twenty times speaking to the ruffian when i was selling my milk at the corner of the rue de la Vieille draperie. she used to come to buy a half-worth every morning she knows well enough who it was struck the blow that made me a widow and my poor children fatherless birds of a feather flock together and such loose characters as she is are sure to be linked in with thieves and murderers oh you shall not escape me you abandoned wretch cried the milkwoman who had now lashed herself into a perfect fury and who seeing poor fleur-de-marie confused and terror-stricken at this sudden attack endeavouring to escape from it by flight grasped her fiercely by the other arm also clara almost speechless with surprise and alarm at this outrageous conduct had been quite incapable of interfering but this increased violence on the part of the widow seemed to restore her to herself and angrily addressing the woman she said what is the meaning of this improper behaviour are you out of your senses has grief turned your brain good woman i pity you but let us pass on you are mistaken mistaken repeated the woman with a bitter smile me mistaken no no there is no mistake just look at her pale guilty looks hark how her very teeth rattle in her head ah she knows well enough there's no mistake and you may hold your wicked tongue if you like but justice will find a way to make you speak you shall go with me before the mayor do you hear oh it is not worth while resisting i have good strong wrists i can hold you and sooner than you should escape i would carry you every step of the way you good for nothing insolent woman. How dare you to presume to speak in this way to my dear friend and sister?" "Your sister, Mademoiselle Clara!" "Believe me, it is you who are deceived, it is you who have lost your senses," bawled the enraged milkwoman, in a loud, coarse voice, "your sister!" "A likely story a girl out of the streets, who was the companion of the very lowest wretches in the worst part of the Cite, "should be a sister of yours! at these words the assembled labourers who naturally enough took that part in the affair which concerned a person of their own class and who really sympathised with the bereaved milkwoman gave utterance to deep threatening words in which the name of fleur-de-marie was angrily mingled the three children hearing their mother speaking in a loud tone and fearing they knew not what ran to her and clinging to her dress burst out into a loud fit of weeping the sight of these poor little fatherless things dressed also in deep mourning increased the pity of the spectators for the unfortunate widow while it redoubled their indignation against fleur-de-marie while clara completely frightened by these demonstrations of approaching violence exclaimed in an agitated tone to a group of farm labourers take this woman off the premises directly do you not perceive grief has driven her out of her senses marie dear marie never mind what she says she is mad poor creature and knows not what she does the poor goualeuse pale exhausted and almost fainting made no effort to escape from the powerful grasp of the incensed milkwoman she hung her head as though unable to or unwilling to meet the gaze of friend or foe clara attributing her condition to the terror excited by so alarming a scene renewed her commands to the labourers did you not hear me desire that this mad woman might be instantly taken away from the farm however unless she immediately ceases her rude and insolent language i can promise her by way of punishment she shall neither have the situation my mother promised her nor even be suffered to put her foot on the premises again not a person stirred to obey clara's orders on the contrary one of the boldest among the party exclaimed well but miss clara if your friend there is only a common girl out of the streets and as such acquainted with the murder of this poor woman's husband surely she ought to go before the mayor to give an account of herself and her bad companions i tell you repeated clara with indignant warmth and addressing the milkwoman you shall never enter this farm again unless you this very instant and before all these people humbly beg pardon of mademoiselle marie for all the wicked things you have been saying about her You turn me off the premises then, mademoiselle, do you? retorted the widow with bitterness. Well, so be it. Come, my poor children, let us put the things back in the cart, and go and seek our bread elsewhere. God will take care of us. But at least when we go, we will take this abandoned young woman with us. She shall be made to tell the mayor. If she won't, us, who it was that took away your dear father's life, for she knows well enough she who was the daily companion of the worst set of ruffians who infest paris and you miss added she looking spitefully and insolently at clara you should not because you choose to make friends with low girls out of the streets and because you happen to be rich be quite so hard-hearted and unfeeling to poor creatures like me no more she ought exclaimed one of the labourers the poor woman is right of course she is she is only standing up for her own poor thing she has no one now to do so for her why they have murdered her husband among them i should think that might content them without trampling the poor woman under foot one comfort is nobody can stop her from doing all in her power to bring the murderers of her husband to justice it is a shame to send her away in this manner like a dog can she help it poor creature if miss clara thinks proper to take up with common girls and thieves and make them her companions infamous to turn an honest woman a poor widow with helpless children into the streets for such a base girl as that these different speeches uttered nearly simultaneously by the surrounding crowd were rapidly assuming a most hostile and threatening tone when clara joyfully exclaimed thank god here comes my mother it was indeed Madame Dubreuil, who was crossing the courtyard on a return from the pavilion. "'Now then, my children,' said Madame Dubreuil, gaily approaching the assembled group, "'will you come in to breakfast? "'I declare it is quite late. "'I dare say you are both hungry. "'Come, Marie. "'Clara.' "'Mother,' cried Clara, pointing to the widow, "'you are fortunately just in time to save my dear sister Marie from the insults and violence of that woman.' oh pray order her away instantly if you only knew what she had the audacity to say to marie impossible clara nay but dear mother only look at my poor dear sister see how she trembles she can scarcely support herself oh it is a shame and disgrace such conduct could ever have been offered to a guest of ours my dear dear friend marie dear look up and say you are not angry with us pray tell me you will try and forget it what is the meaning of all this inquired madame dubreuil looking around her with a disturbed and uneasy look after having observed the despairing agony of the goualeuse and now we shall have justice done to the poor widow-woman murmured the labourers madame will see her righted no doubt about it now then exclaimed the milkwoman exultingly here is madame dubreuil now my fine miss continued she addressing fleur-de-marie you will have your turn of being turned out of doors is it true then cried madame dubreuil addressing the widow who still kept firm hold of fleur-de-marie's arm that you have dared to insult my daughter's friend as she asserts is this the way you show your gratitude for all i have done to serve you will you leave that young lady alone yes madame replied the woman relinquishing her grasp of fleur-de-marie At your bidding I will, for I respect you too much to disobey you. And besides, I owe you much gratitude for all your kindness to a poor, friendless creature like myself. But before you blame me, and drive me off the premises with my poor children, just question that wretched creature that has caused all this confusion What she knows of me. I know a pretty deal more of her than is to her credit. "'For heaven's sake, Marie!' exclaimed Madame Dubreuil, almost petrified with astonishment what does this woman allude to do you hear what she says are you or are you not known by the name of the goualeuse said the milkwoman to marie yes said the wretched girl in a low trembling voice and without venturing to lift up her eyes towards madame dubreuil yes i am called so there you see vociferated the enraged labourers she owns it she owns it what does she own inquired madame du breuil half frightened at the assent given by fleur-de-marie leave her to me madame resumed the widow and you shall hear her confess that she was living in a house of the most infamous description in the rue aux in the Cite, and that she every morning purchased a half-penny worth of milk of me she cannot deny either having repeatedly spoken in my presence to the murderer of my poor husband oh she knows him well enough i am quite certain a pale young man who smoked a good deal and always wore a cap and a blouse and wore his hair very long, she could tell his name if she chose. Is this true or is it a lie? Vociferously demanded the milkwoman. I may have spoken to the man who killed your husband, answered Fleur de Marie in a faint voice. For unhappily, there are more than one in the Cite capable of such a crime. But indeed, I know not of whom you are speaking. What does she say? asked madame dubreuil horror-struck at her words she admits having possibly conversed with murderers oh such lost wretches as she is replied the widow have no better companions at first utterly stupefied by so singular a discovery confirmed indeed by fleur-de-marie's own admission madame dubreuil seemed almost incapable of comprehending the scene before her but quickly the whole truth presented itself to her mental vision and shrinking from the unfortunate girl with horror and disgust she hastily seized her daughter by the dress as she was about to sustain the sinking form of the poor goualeuse and drawing her towards her with a sudden violence she exclaimed clara for heaven's sake approach not that vile that abandoned young woman oh dreadful indeed ever to have admitted her here but how came madame georges to have her under her roof and how could she so far insult me as to bring her here and allow my daughter to this is indeed disgraceful i hardly know whether to trust the evidence of my own senses but madame georges must have been as much imposed on as myself or she never would have permitted such an indignity no no she is incapable of such dishonourable conduct it would indeed be a disgrace for one female to have deceived another poor clara terrified and almost heartbroken at this distressing scene could scarcely believe herself awake it seemed as though she were under the influence of a fearful dream her innocent and pure mind comprehended not the frightful charges brought against her friend but she understood enough to fill her with the most poignant grief at the unfortunate position of la goualeuse who stood mute passive and downcast like a criminal in the presence of a judge come come my child repeated madame dubreuil let us quit this disgraceful scene then turning towards fleur de marie she said as for you worthless girl the almighty will punish you as you deserve for your deceit that my child good and virtuous as she is should ever have been allowed to call you sister or friend her sister you the very vilest of the vile the outcast of the most depraved and lost wretches what hardihood "'What effrontery you must have possessed "'to dare to show your face among good and honest people "'when your proper place would have been along "'with your bad companions in a prison.' "'Aye, aye!' cried all the labourers at once. "'Let her be sent off to prison at once. "'She knows the murderer. "'Let her be made to declare who and what he is. "'She is most likely his accomplice.' "'You see?' exclaimed the widow, "'doubling her fist in the face of the goualeuse.' that my words have come true. Justice will overtake you before you can commit other crimes. As for you, my good woman, said Madame Dubreuil to the milkwoman, far from sending you away, I shall reward you for the service you have done me in unmasking this infamous girl's real character. There, I told you, murmured the voices of the labourers. Our mistress always does justice to everyone. Come, Clara, resumed Madame Dubreuil, let us retire and seek madame georges that she may clear up her share of this disgraceful business or she and i never meet again for either she has herself been most dreadfully deceived or her conduct towards us is of the very worst description but mother only look at poor marie oh never mind her let her die of shame if she likes there will be one wicked hardened girl less in the world treat her with the contempt she deserves i will not suffer you to remain another instant where she is it is impossible for a young person like you to notice her in any way without disgracing herself my dear mother answered clara resisting her mother's attempts to draw her away i do not understand what you mean marie must be wrong in some way since you say so but look only look at her she is fainting pity her oh mother let her be ever so guilty "'Pray take pity on her present distress.' "'Oh, Mademoiselle Clara, you are good—very, very very good—to pardon me and care for me,' uttered poor Fleur-de-Marie in a faint voice, casting a look of unutterable gratitude on her young protectress. "'Believe me, it was sorely against my will ever to deceive you. And daily, hourly, have I reproached myself for so doing.' "'Mother!' exclaimed Clara in the most piteous tones are you then so merciless can you not pity her pity returned madame dubreuil scornfully no i waste no pity on such as she is come i say were it not that i consider it the office of madame georges to clear the place of so vile a creature i would have her spurned from the doors as though she carried the plague about her so saying the angry mother seized her daughter's hand and in spite of all her struggles let her away clara continually turning back her head and saying marie my sister i know not what they accuse you of but i am quite convinced of your innocence be assured of my constant love whatever they may say or do silence silence i command cried madame dubreuil placing her hand over her daughter's mouth speak not another word i insist fortunately we have plenty of witnesses to testify that after the odious discovery we have just made you were not suffered to remain a single instant with this lost and unfortunate young woman.' "'You can all answer for that, can you not, my good people?' continued she, speaking to the assembled labourers. "'Yes, yes, madame,' replied one of them. "'We all know well enough that Mademoiselle Clara was not allowed to stop with this bad girl a single instant after you found out her wickedness. "'No doubt she is a thief, or she would not be so intimate with murderers.' End of chapter 9, part 2 Read by Céline Major